Well, we want to welcome you once again to our podcast. I trust that we were a blessing to you last week when we ministered to you and that many of you have written back and contacted us by way of email and said that you were blessed. And so to God, we give the, the glory and the honor for all of that. And I trust that will be equally so today. I know we're talking about a pretty serious subject and a lot of people don't like to hear about these types of things because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Others come along and say, well, you know, this is kind of condemning. But really, in reality, it isn't. It's a real operation and manifestation of the true love of God that wants you to be informed and well-informed. You know, Jesus paid a, a tremendous price for you and I to be saved and brought into the kingdom of God. And then it would be a sad, sad day if he just allowed us to do anything and everything we want to do and never have any sense of ever any direction or correction about those things that we need to have correction for. So God sets certain kinds of ministries in the body of Christ for that purpose. And so I don't know if, if we're one of them, but I do know that God wants us to sound the alarm. Uh, and so that's our primary purpose of these broadcasts is starting right off this way. This is uh, all kind of new to us. So if we make a few mistakes along the way, please forgive us and, and bear with us because we're going, as as we say sometimes, we're going to work all the bugs out. I uh, was talking to you about uh, scriptures out of Matthew 24, verse 11, where it talks about that there would be many false prophets in the last days that would be sent to deceive. And there are several portions of scriptures that I have in my mind to deal with today. And I, I want you uh, to uh, to pay real close attention because this is a lot of information uh, that's going to come across. And and as we sometimes say, it's kind of be heavy. <laughs> and so it will be heavy. Uh, you know, the word false in the Old Testament is used about a hundred and some odd times in different places, about 113 times, I believe, in the Old Testament. And it really talks about uh, various aspects of what that word means. It comes from a Hebrew word meaning deceptive speech or to speak. It also means to teach. could mean to prophesy or to lie or of a deceptive, deceptive character. One of, the, one of the ways that Old Testament prophets were recognized as being false prophets many times was because they had a lifestyle and a character that was out of sync with God's character. And so, uh, you know, we can kind of, if, if if we're allowed to see that, sometimes that's not so easy to see because it's hidden. People work at hiding those kinds of things. They, Jesus dealt with it in his day and time when he said there were a, there were Pharisees who dressed themselves in a certain way to appear before men as to be okay, when in reality it was not okay. And uh, so, uh, you know, he in fact, he told his disciples, he said, you do what they say, but don't you do what they do. So what a person does and how they live has a great bearing upon whether we're to receive them or not. I'll tell you this much. It's a responsibility to every believer to guard their heart because the scripture says out of it flows the issues of life. Well, that would be true in another way. Out of the issues of other people's hearts will flow issues of life. And if our heart is open, if what is in them isn't correct, then it's going to be ministered to you and I. We're going to receive it. And a lot of times we have a lot of difficulties and we can't really trace the root of where they came from and why they happened. But there are there is such a thing as impartation that takes place. We we talked to you about a scripture found in Matthew 15, uh, chapter 15, verses 10 through 20 last week, where he said he called a multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth 
this defileth a man. And I made this statement in no way would I want to add to or take away from the word of God because I know the word teaches that that will bring a curse upon your life. But for clarifications, we could say it this way. It's not that which goeth into the mouth defileth any man, but that which cometh out of the mouth that defileth any man. Because one of the things that's being talked about in the context of that scripture, and that's that's what we have to look at, is that Jesus was dealing with some of the religious teachings of the Pharisees of that day who said it's not right for you to eat with dirty hands. Well, it's uh, if that would be the case, then it wouldn't be right for you to eat with a dirty heart. But we can't always see that. Uh, but people nevertheless do because their hearts are sometimes evil and wicked. And not always, but sometimes they are. Uh, and so uh, uh, the idea there is that they were they had traditions and, and that were actually spawned by men. And the idea was that they would take... Uh, people away from the perfect will of God and away from the person and presence of God. And we're going to see that in a little different way here in a few moments. But uh, uh, so Jesus had to deal with it and he dealt with it rather severely. And so it would be safe to say then within the context of that, uh, the setting that when he says what comes out defiles a man, it would mean any man because you're, you're, uh, the, the defiling is multiplied by the number of people that you have before you. In other words, for example, I'm preaching to, I, I wouldn't have any idea how many people will hear this broadcast, hopefully many. Uh, but if I preach something that's erroneous and incorrect, and there's a spirit behind that particular type of thing, whether you realize that or not, then it was, it's going to be ministered to everyone who opens their hearts and receives. Some folks it's going to offend, and it's going to offend them because they're going crossways and contrary to the will of God. That's exactly what Jesus was saying in the first three verses of Matthew 15 when he said, with your traditions you have violated the commands of God. Well, you know, there's a lot of things been said in the name of the Lord that the Lord didn't say. And actually, there's some Old Testament scripture. And if we continue in this series, we're going to talk about it out of Ezekiel 13, where he said, and just to give you the gist of what he, what he said there, actually, was, uh, you say that I told you to say something. He's talking about the Lord. He said, you say that the Lord told me to say it. And he said, I didn't say it. I didn't tell you to say it. I never sent you to say it. And so uh, that's a dangerous thing when, we, when we're when we put in that position. We don't always know the person sometimes because there's a multitude of preachers uh, out there today and a multitude of, I'm sure, podcasts, radio broadcasts, television. So, we, uh, you know, we have to really pay attention to what we're listening to. And Jesus actually said that in his ministry, take heed to what you hear. And that, that doesn't need a lot of clarification from me. Maybe I'm a very simple-minded person. But I know when he tells me to take heed, that means pay attention. I remember when I was a child growing up, if my dad wanted to get my attention, there were certain things he would do to get my attention. And he might, you know, not necessarily in a mean, cruel way, but tap me on the head and say, boy, I'm talking to you and I want you to pay attention. And so that's kind of what the Word of God is saying. So there is that uh, avenue of defilement that takes place in the heart of another person and of a human being that's brought about by what they listen to. Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear. Sometimes that's both of those are necessary. So we so we have a right to rightly divide a word of God. Now listen to another portion of scripture I want to give you today is found in Matthew chapter uh, 7 verse 15. Uh, down through verse 22, 23, I think. Uh, Beware of false prophets which, some of, uh, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. See, there's that character issue. 
where he says one of the ways that deception can be perpetrated is through character. And so he said you can know whether they have good fruit or bad fruit. And uh, like I say, sometimes that's not easy to see. But if you observe long enough, that means we have a right to do it. And I think that's what Jesus, one of the things that Jesus is saying here. We need to buy, we need to observe and watch. So he says, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. The, every tree that bringeth forth uh, bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and is cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit shall you know them. So, you know, fruit bearing on any tree isn't something that happens overnight. Uh, maybe there's some that are that happens faster than others, and the turnaround of producing fruit is a lot uh, quicker. Nevertheless, there is that in and of itself means we need to observe and pay attention. Then he goes on to say something very powerful. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, have you? Uh, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which has which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, for it was founded, was not founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house up uh, upon a upon a rock, and uh, or rather upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So, so you know we're. Uh, to hear correctly, but there's some <clears throat> real underlying uh, truth, in, in, especially in verse 21, 22, and 23. Uh, we know that one of the characteristics of the Antichrist spirit and things that operate within that realm uh, in this day that we're living is that there will be lying signs and wonders. Well, even Jesus himself said here that there would be many who would come and uh, uh, will say, Lord, Lord, I've cast out devils in your name. I've done wonderful works in your name. And he will say to him, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Well, I, we're going to talk about that, those couple of words right there in just a moment. But the word there, knew, I never knew you in the Greek language means I never had an intimate relationship with you. And, you know, I'm going to say something to you. When a person... It lives close to the Lord, endeavors to live close to the Lord. None of us is as close as we'd like to be, and certainly there's, a, you know, we can all be a lot closer. And I'm talking about myself more than anybody else because I, I'm, I cannot see you or know you. But the fact of it is, I, I strive to live as close to Him as I possibly can. But that word there kind of means to have an intimate relationship. Uh, I have an intimate relationship with my wife. There's things that I say with and and with her and communicate with her. And I will communicate to nobody, not even my own children. Because, uh, uh, you know, it's, an, it's, it's a relation. It's something that, that's sacred to us. Well, Jesus is simply saying there's those who are not, they're, they're doing the works. He didn't say they were not doing them. He didn't say these things kind of things that were not happening. What he's saying is they didn't originate from him because um, his works come from an intimate relationship. 
Many times when we go across the country and speak to different ones and different groups of people, we say this to them, that Moses, when he gave the law under the old covenant, the Bible says that he climbed the mountain of God. He got in the presence of God. He got into a place where he could hear what God was saying. And, and then, then out of that, he came back down off of the mountain and ministered that to the people. Paul spoke about that later in Second Corinthians 3, and he said what Moses received on that mountain really was a law that would condemn you because that's what the law does. It points out our sin, but it doesn't give any uh, possibility of, uh, of redemption because redemption's in the person of Christ and was brought about in, in, through the, work and the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And he actually, uh, you know, uh, fulfilled the law. The scripture said he didn't come to do away with it. He came to fulfill it. So he fulfilled what the law could not do and provided salvation for you and I. And it just makes me want to praise God real loud right now because uh, uh, I'm, I am a recipient of that. And I trust you are and will be. If not, I hope these broadcasts will bring you to that place. So there are people then that have a do not have an inward connection with God. We can't see. That's what he said in verse 15. They're, they come to you. They look like they're okay. They have sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they're ravening wolves. Well, if we're looking for sheep and we're not looking for wolves, then what we're going to see is a sheep, whether there's a wolf there or not, because they're dressed and their attire is such that they are hard to recognize. Or we could say they're clothed with deception. And we don't like to hear that. It's uncomfortable. So we have to observe them and watch them and make sure that they have lifestyles that are consistent with what they declare they are and who they declare they are. Now, that's a serious matter because that which is inside of them is ministerable. According, once again, going back to the fact that he said it's what comes up out of the mouth of a man that defiles other men. And the reason he said that, because when he goes on later there in Matthew 15, he talks about out of the heart of man proceeds his murder, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemers well you know we are what we hang around we are what we become what we uh, fellowship with we become what we uh you are connected with that way many times you you know especially with children you'll watch them if you raise children or you remember your childhood if you uh if you had fellowship as we would say with a person who was not of a good character and you had a weak constitution or a weakness about you then that which you uh, uh, fellowship with begin to uh, overpower you in a way. And the next thing you know, you find yourself doing things that you uh, uh, wouldn't ordinarily do and act in ways you wouldn't normally act. I know I, I spent some time before Christ. Now, this is before I became a Christian. I spent some time in prison. And so I understand that. And the reason, and my mother and father would tell me, Kenneth, you need to quit hanging around with those uh, people. They're having an effect upon you. They're, they're, they're uh, hurting you. They're influencing you. Well, they tried to tell me various ways. They corrected me and, and spanked me, and I needed every one I received. But the fact remains that I, they had an effect upon me. Well, we're what we hang around. We're also what we sit under. You can, having traveled around and ministered in many churches over 40 years of ministry, uh, I have I have gone into congregations where you could see that many of those people sitting under that pastor who had been there for many years, they begin to bear some of the characteristics of the pastor, not in a bad way, but in a good way. And thank God there is, when we talk about this subject, of course, we're referring to it more so in a negative way, but there is the positive side. 
Jesus' disciples, it doesn't take a whole lot of Bible study to go into the Word of God and see that many of his disciples bore the characteristics of Christ because they were in fellowship and constant contact with him. And, and who's, who can say that he didn't have a profound influence upon them because they saw him, they were with him. We're not even with him or see him like they saw him. And yet, once you've made that commitment to him, then there's a he has a profound influence upon your life. And so... So there are those that can work works, but he said they they are workers of iniquity. Now, uh, that's a I don't even know if I'm gonna have enough time on this broadcast to deal with that sufficiently, and I may have to come back and do it again and, and add a little bit more to it. But what I want to I want to say is one of the 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 the, the, the most uh, profound false prophet, I guess it would be one way we could say it, in the in the in the Bible is Balaam. And there was the way of Balaam, there was the heir of Balaam, and there was the doctrine of Balaam. And when Revelations talks about that doctrine of Balaam, it says that it caused people to arrow and put a stumbling block. Well, the best way we can say about uh, the best thing we can say about that word stumbling block, it is a trigger to the trap. Simply meaning it's like a like a trap you would set. We used to have a little traps we'd set for uh, rabbits, and you'd put a little. There's a little box where they could go up, and we put food back in the back of that box, and put a little stick uh, connection right there. And when they go through that door, they would knock that stick, you know, down, and the door would come up behind. We put it far enough in there where they'd go in. Well, it was, it was what we you would call a trigger to the trap. Well, when we say a stumbling block, the actual word should be a fence. Well, like I uh, uh, like uh, it's easy. Like I said in Matthew 15, I'm not sure if I said this last week, uh, where Jesus was an offense to them. That was a good offense because he offended them or shocked them to come to a reality of what they were doing and what they were preaching and what they were teaching. And to his disciples, he was shocking them to realize, even though the Pharisees seem to be the epitome of religious holiness, they are not. And and so. And and one of the things that Jesus himself said about them, he said, they are blind leaders of the blind and they're all falling in the ditch. One of the things that that word is talking about is that there was a custom and a tradition of that time where they dug holes in the ground to see if they could hear hell or listen to demon spirits talk. So when Jesus said, you lead, you follow them, you're going to fall into the very ditches they're digging. And really... Nobody actually understands all there is to know and understand about hell or the location of it other than the fact that the Word of God calls it hell from beneath. So whether it's in the heart of the earth as we know the earth or whether it's a spiritual uh, implication and application being applied there, I don't know. Uh, What I do know is that they fell in the very ditches that were being dug uh, by the, the leaders that were leading them and then now they're in a place uh, you know where they you know they're being hurt and harmed. Now, the word offense then means the trigger of the trap. That means there are certain things that can happen that will lead people away from God. Many of you, if you're Bible students, you you know this, and if you're not, you can find these scriptures found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 15, uh, 13 through about verse 16, where Jesus was talking to his disciples about his uh, that he was going to the cross. And, uh, of course, Peter being a, the spokesman many times of things that possibly all the others were thinking or at least discussing, he, he said, Far be that from you, Lord. And Jesus turned to him and right, right in front of his whole staff and everybody that was present and told him, said, Shut your mouth, devil. 
I, in other words, he, and he really wasn't talking to Peter per se, but the spirit that was motivating. He said, because you're an offense unto me. Well, here's, here's the ultimate meaning of what that word offense or stumbling block means. It means I'm going to lead you away from the perfect will of God. Well, I, I, I often say it this way. If I were the devil, I wouldn't speak to you things that were obvious for you to see and understand. I would speak to you things that were not so obvious to understand. And I would use speech that was religious in its origin or religious in its uh, um, uh, appearance. And I would lead you away, possibly away from all the will of God for your life. I'll keep you away from the power of God. That's what or the purpose of God. In this case, in Jesus and Peter's case, Peter was being used by the devil to try to lead Jesus away from the cross. Well, if Jesus hadn't went to the cross, we couldn't be saved. If Jesus hadn't went to the cross, the will of God uh, would not have been fulfilled. And we would have a uh, we would have a serious uh, we'd be in a serious problem if we existed on this earth because there would be no way of salvation had he accomplished that. But Jesus recognized that right away. Well, James comes along and says something that really clarifies what I'm talking to you about when he talks when he says in James chapter three, beginning at verse one, my brethren, and he's talking to the brethren. You understand? Be not many masters, knowing that you shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things you offend all. If any man offend not in words, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, we'll stop there for just a moment. Then, in essence, he's saying that you, with your words or with your uh, speech capability, and that was one of the words, uh, one of the uh, definitions of the word falsehood in the Old Testament is deceptive speech, that with that speech you can offend many. Well, I've said that to you already, and I'm going to say it to you again. That I, if I'm preaching, say, for example, on this podcast, there's a thousand people listening to what I'm saying, and I hope that's so or many more. But the fact is, if a thousand people or ten people, the my possibility of offending and taking you away from the purpose and power and the will of God is multiplied by ten if I'm preaching falsely. If I'm preaching correctly, of course, and preaching you truth, then then I'm bringing you to Christ. I'm bringing you to the reality of the person of Christ. and I, And that's exactly what we are doing. And he said, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man or a mature man. So, you know, you know, he said, be not many masters or teachers. That's one of the things that's also implied here. It talks about teaching the word of God or to speak the word of God in the, under the definition of the word falsehood. So, my brethren, be not. Really, that's a, that's a key phrase because be not. There's a lot of people, especially in the prophetic move, that have placed themselves in that office, as we say, the calling of the a prophet, and God didn't call them there. If he didn't call them there, then when they go and speak in the name of the Lord, then he didn't tell them what to say, neither did they, neither were they sent by the Lord, but what they are is a walking offense. Now, you under, you would understand what offense would mean if I was to, say, slap you in the face or offend you some way like that or to say something evil about your parents or your children or something like that. You would understand what offense means that way. But when I'm saying to you, when I talk to you about offense, what I'm saying to you is this, that there are those who are not in the place that God called them, but yet they have a following of people who follow them around, and they prophesy over them or whatever they do or teach them, and what they preach comes out of the wrong spirit because once you place yourself in a place that God did not call you, then that which you're operating in is false. For example, if God called me to be a pastor and I went around telling everybody I was a prophet, 
then I'm a false prophet if I say it that way because that's exactly what I, I'm, I'm operating in some place that God didn't tell me to operate. And that's basically what's being said right here. My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that you receive the greater condemnation. That's enough to scare anybody that preaches and teaches the word of God because it means that every word that I preach and teach over this podcast or preach to people in person or any other way I communicate the word of God, if if I lead you away and astray away from Jesus, and that's one of the first things that people do who are operating in a false spirit. They draw attention to themselves and to their greatness, and they take away and minimize the, the greatness of Jesus Christ. But the, Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So the truth of the matter is that the real issue about all of these things is presenting the person of Christ because nobody can save you but Jesus. Nobody can heal you but Jesus. Nobody can deliver you but Jesus. He's the one. He's the only one. And you you need to keep that in foremost in your mind that the greatest thing and the greatest person that can uh, that you know that can do anything to ever help or deliver you and get you to heaven is him. The old song said it well. What can wash away my sins? The writer said nothing but the blood of Jesus. You can't be saved by good works. You can't be saved by religious tradition. You cannot be ministered to and helped by any word that originates from man, only that which comes from an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I tell you, that's, that, that is worth it all in and of itself. So he's saying if any man is preaching and teaching out of that falsehood, then every person that he's talking to is being defiled and affected by his speech. That's serious. And and then uh, if he's a perfect man and he's able to bridle his tongue or to keep his words uh, connected or keep connected with the Lord and speak out of what he's saying, then 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 he's able to control the whole body. That, that in and of itself means a person, just the basic meaning of that means a person can with his words control people. That's why years back, and I'll live long enough to remember and live through this, the Jim Jones situation that many will talk about and refer to that happened in Guyana years and years ago. There was about 900 people involved in all of that, and that particular man didn't start off evil. He started off good. But he ended up getting himself uh, defiled in some way or another and led uh, hundreds of people to die. He was able as we would say, mesmerize or hypnotize or control those people in a way. Scary to think about. Well, we're not going to have enough time to really enlarge upon this, and hopefully we can pick this up on the next broadcast that we have and, and enlarge upon it if the Lord directs it that way. But be aware that there are many false prophets in the world, and you have a right. It's not walking out of the love of God to judge. You don't have to judge a person's character. I mean, judge them and condemn them, rather. But you need to judge and watch the fruit. That's really what fruit is. It's the character of a person. You need to be very observant. And find you somebody that knows more about God than you do that you can really trust. Pastors are wonderful. If you have a good pastor, thank God. Go there and find out. Say, this is, you know, you can even say, this is what Brother Hughes is preaching. Would you listen to him? And uh, tell us what you think. And maybe they won't give a good report. I don't know. But be that as it may, we're doing our best to, to preach and teach you the Word of God. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this uh, podcast. And we trust it will be a blessing to you. Please sit down and contact our website, www.higherrealm.com. 
uh, .net, and you'll be able to hear the broadcast there, and you will be able to contact us through that. And we'd be delighted to hear from you. We trust we'll be a blessing and a help to you. Until we talk to you the next time, we just want to say the Lord bless you real good. We're going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone under the sound of my voice, I pray that the power of God will save, heal, deliver, and fill them with the mighty Holy Spirit of God. Give them a wise, discerning heart to know the difference between right and wrong and help them to hear correctly what the Spirit of God is saying. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ, and to God be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.